welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. I'm Craig. A couple weeks ago, we saw an Italian horror film by Dario Argento called Deep Red. And so, after our really heady movie that we had last week, we thought we'd take a break and go for a little more popcorn this time, going with another notorious Italian film, Zombie 2, or at least that's what it was called in Italian. This one, not by Argento, but by one of his peers, Lucio Fulci. Fulci, really, before he did this film, he did a lot of comedy, actually. He did probably 10, 12 or so comedy films, really didn't get anywhere with them, did a couple uh, giallo-type pictures, Mm -hmm. and then ended up with this film in his lap. This film was intended uh, as a sort of sequel of sorts, cashing in on the Dawn of the Dead. Right. Dawn of the Dead came out. This is a 1979 movie. I believe Dawn of the Dead was, what, 78, 77? I don't remember. And Dawn of the Dead was released in Italy under the title Zombie. And it was actually interesting because it was recut for the Italian market by Dario Argento. Interesting. Yeah, and he even rescored it using Goblin. You know what? That is a movie I would actually like to see. <laughs> like the, yeah. the, the Italian version of, uh, of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this movie had actually already been written, but they decided to change the name to Zombie 2 to sort of cash in. There was really no law that said you couldn't do that. Uh, in Italy at the time, and dropped this in Fulci's lap, and it became a very big hit, and it pretty much cemented the rest of Fulci's career as a straight-out horror director. So he got very well-known, more for horror than Giallo or any of his other pictures, and his take on it was to go really gross. Uh, He was very into the blood, the gore, really zooming in on it, even more than we saw like Argento the other day. So this, I, I like this film a lot, but it's not a perfect film. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's By not. any means. I mean, but there are just elements about it I like. You'd never seen this before, right, Craig? No, I had kind of heard of it. You know, it's it's one of those kind of obscure titles that I've seen on lots of lists and things. But no, I, I had never seen anything. It's funny, uh, you had told me maybe not to read too much about it because there were some some surprising scenes and I, I, you know, watching the movie, I knew what scene you were talking about and we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) It's it's really what makes this movie kind of stand out from your typical fare. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of an old school zombie film. It's funny that it's not a direct sequel to Dawn of the Dead because it really easily could be. Mm. I mean, it's close enough. Uh, It's very much in keeping with like Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it's, it's those same kind of slow walking zombies, pretty traditional in look, although I really liked the look of the zombies in this movie. They uh, looked really decayed. Anymore with the modern zombie movies, they're always all wet and like, you know, like bleeding and pussy. And these zombies... (laughs) <laughs> Although it says at one point that they're like 400 years old. <laughs> they look pretty good for being underground for 400 years, but um, they look like they've been underground. It's not all that oozy. I mean, you've got some blood and stuff, but for the most part, it's a lot of like caked dirt and, and caked blood and stuff. And They're like dry and crusty. Yeah, right? yeah. And it looks good. And, yeah. and of course, you know, this is the late 70s, so it's all practical effects. It's all makeup and costume, and it, it looks really good. I think the makeup is is part of what I love so much about this movie. Exactly what you just said. The zombies look like they've been underground for a while. Right. And it's almost surprising, actually, in a couple of the scenes when they do get shot or their heads get cut off or something, and all this red blood oozes Uh out. It really betrays their exterior appearance in a way, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it does. I mean, I guess, you know... (laughs) 
what do we know about the anatomy of zombies? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a whole lot. That's true. Well, maybe after they eat your blood, they, it gets the blood circulating a sure, little more inside. Sure, right? why not? Yeah, and another thing that I really liked about the look of them was they did a lot, and you know, these must have been uh, brave actors, or I guess maybe brave's not the right word, maybe they just had strong stomachs, but they did a lot with um, worms and maggots and yeah. stuff, and you know, worms coming out of mouths and out of eyeballs, and it's obviously real. I mean, it's obviously practical effects. I don't know how much they were working with the actual actors or how much of it was dummies. I, I don't know, but it looks good. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were to draw a picture of what a zombie should look like, these are the zombies, yeah, aren't absolutely. they? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. It's pretty awesome. I, I like that about this movie. You know what else I like about this movie is it's kind of a return to the original zombie lore. Instead of being radiation or some weird medical thing, it's voodoo. Yeah. You know? It's, well, that's the only explanation provided. I mean, it's, that's true. it's most of it. The, the movie opens with a scene that appears to be in some kind of tropical locale. And it's like kind of a makeshift hospital or something. And you see a corpse, you know, all uh, tied up in a sheet and it, it starts to sit up. Somebody who we don't know yet shoots it and says, okay, the boat can return now. And uh, then it cuts to New York and we're in New York for just a little while. And there's this sailboat, you know, right off of Manhattan which was also just kind of a weird flashback to yeah. see Manhattan in those days. It's still a little bit eerie to see the Twin Towers yeah. uh, there. But it, this apparently abandoned boat, and they call, you know, the, the Coast Guard goes in looking for it, and the boat appears to be abandoned until the cops are looking around, and a zombie pops out and, and kills one of the cops, and that's what kind of sets it into motion. They're investigating this boat, and it turns out this boat belonged to some guy, and his daughter, Anne, hasn't heard from him in a long time. She he, she knew he was going to be uh, traveling, but she hadn't heard from him in a long time. Good thing she happened to live in New York. It, right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't know how the boat ended up there, really. Yeah. It, it kind of, I don't... Well, we're talking, aren't we talking down in the Caribbean, what was is about where it came from? Well, see, I, I never really could tell. It, there was something, San Miguel was something that they had said, and then there was, uh, later on... We, we came across a cemetery of some conquistadores. Yeah, so yeah. It was maybe to be the Gulf there, which which is one of the places where this where the film one of the many places where the film kind of falls apart. In that, how would this sailboat sailed itself out of the Gulf and drifted all the way up to New York? Right. You'd expect it to hit Florida or Georgia or yeah. some other place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess just the crew or whatever was slowly zombified. Like, maybe they only <laughs> became zombies when they got close to oh, New York could or something. Be. They were I, sailing around and up, Right. And know. and what what I was trying... I'm, I'm trying to get through the first part quickly because it, it really just introduces the characters in yeah. New York. You've got the daughter, Susan, and then you've got a reporter, Peter, who's assigned to this story. And they do some investigating around and they find this letter that the, the guy who owned the boat had written to his daughter, Anne. To my daughter, Anne, in case anything should happen to me. Due to my morbid curiosity, I have managed to contract a strange disease. They're taking care of me as if I was some sort of guinea pig, but I know I'll never leave this island again, at least not alive. I haven't been a good father, but I have always loved you. One last kiss from Dad, Matul, and it's dated 15th September. From that, they know where he had been. Yeah. Um, this this island, wherever it is, called Matul. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing we would never forget. We'd never forget. Because they keep saying it over and over again, and it's <laughs> It's just funny to... It's like, how, how many times can you say, welcome to Matul? <laughs> how do you like Matul? I came to this island for Matul, Matul. <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> 
so so Peter and Susan find out where it is, and then so they go there, and, and that's where we spend pretty much the rest of the movie. It's this tropical locale. They're looking for this tropical island, and that's you know the bulk of the film takes place wherever on Matul, the, the mystical island of Matul. Right? <laughs> but don't forget the the scene when because this is important later uh, when they do pull in the cop who was killed as a zombie, there is a scene of them doing an autopsy on yeah. him, which is rather humorous. It's a really funny scene. <laughs> because I guess the head, not mortician, what do you call him? Uh, the autopsy him? guy? I don't know. Autopsy guy. The head autopsy guy. Yeah. And his like, assistant, I guess, who's maybe still training. And or something. keeps putting him down. <laughs> well, it, and it's, 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 it's pretty hilarious because it's kind of this nerdy, snooty, white guy. And he's just totally, the, the, the other guy is black and he's just totally <laughs> demeaning to him. What's throughout. your opinion of what happened? Oh, can't you see there are bite marks <laughs> yeah, here? You idiot. Hand me a scalpel. <clears throat> right. This... And yeah, that's, that's the cop that got attacked and killed. Um, but we also see at the end of that autopsy scene that underneath the sheet, he starts to move. And that, that is important for the end of the film. It is. It's an interesting addition. My understanding is that the New York scenes were added to the script after the success of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I read that too. Um, and it makes sense because it really does kind of tie the movie to Dawn of the Dead. I mean, mm-hmm. they it they could be arguably happening concurrently what 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 goes on on the island with our main characters we don't find this out until the end of the movie but at when they finally a couple of them when the the remaining survivors escape the island um, they listen to a radio broadcast and the radio broadcast is talking about the infestation of zombies in new york uh, and the last scene cuts to zombies walking across the brooklyn bridge in a scene that's very reminiscent of uh dawn of the dead or any of the other uh, yeah. films from that series so, I mean, it may have been a cheap cash grab to to try to kind of pawn this off as a sequel, but they really did a worked. good job of it. Yeah. I mean, they certainly did a better job of it than uh, the Italian filmmakers behind Troll 2. I mean, <laughs> there is no connection between the, those two movies. At least there is some effort here to tie them together. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. There's a little more artistry in this A little film. bit. And, and I did think there was quite a bit of artistry in this film. You know, um, Fulci did a really good job of, finding really interesting camera angles, I Mm -hmm. thought, and moving the camera around quite a bit. He liked to do that trick where you're looking in a mirror, but you don't realize you're looking in a mirror, and then it pans out into the real, which is a little disorienting. And I don't know, I I felt like we were looking through the eyes of a pretty accomplished filmmaker who was taking some care with what's otherwise pretty exploitive, you know, low-budget fare. Right, yeah. I mean, I thought that the cinematography looked good, too. And at one point while we were watching it, I asked you if this was like a restored version or something because it's the the version that we're watching is really clean. I mean, Mm. the, the video is really clean. When they're out on the ocean, you get some kind of broad shots. And, you know, when they're in the tropical locale, he paints good pictures. You, like you said, atypical of low budget type yeah. stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So um, Anne and Peter decide to commandeer a boat to take them down uh, to this island of Matul, and they run across uh, two folks, uh, Susan and Brian, I believe. And this was, I guess they flew out. They yeah. must have flown out to the Gulf somewhere, to some other island, some well known. I think it was San Miguel. I, I, th- I saw I don't it on remember. a sign or something, or maybe it was just. Spanish speaking island. Yeah, and this <clears> guy <throat> says, oh, go down here. I know there's a couple who have a boat and they're going to they're gonna head out. And they meet these two, uh, Susan and Brian, and uh, they're on vacation. They're planning to go to another island, and they reluctantly decide to take them aboard. That's not a cool place to head. Natives claim it's cursed. They avoid it like the plague. We have to go there all the same. 
And you want a ride from us? If that's possible. And experience with boats? Uh-huh. And the lady? I was born on a boat. Okay, Peter. We'll have to load more supplies. You pay your share. Deal? A deal. Step on board. Here. Uh, look, I'll warn you right now. Don't expect us to come sightseeing once we get there. I've found it never pays to ignore native superstitions. <laughs> uh, he maybe should have followed that instinct. That's kind of a general <laughs> horror movie rule. You right. should just, any superstition of the natives, yeah. don't Respect laugh that. at it. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so they go out, and of course they're driving, they're, they're driving, yeah, right, they're floating around looking for Matul, and they mention that, well, it's not really on any maps, a lot of these islands aren't really on the maps. Uncharted, he, right. He kind of supposedly knows where it is, but they're not for, for sure, and while they're out looking, Susan says, hey, let's let's stop here, I want to go down and get some pictures, she's an underwater photographer uh-huh. or something, and so she strips down to no wetsuit or anything. <laughs> right. You get a nice long scene of Susan taking her clothes she off does. and putting her scuba thing on over her naked body. <laughs> I mean, she's wearing this tiny little bathing suit thong, thong. bottom, and that's it. And there's like even a, a a pretty long shot of her like strapping up under her private area. I mean, it's 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 clearly exploitive, but that was really typical of seventies horror. Yeah, you, you you had to have some boobies uh, in seventies horror. It's kind of nice to see something different from a shower scene. You know, true. You, you're going for the scuba diving scene. Yeah, we got a shower scene too. <laughs> we <folks>. did. <laughs> Don't worry, that's in here as well. <laughs> <clears throat> she goes diving, and the, and again the. The cinematography is really quite nice. I was impressed. I was impressed as soon as she fell over and the shot it changed from perspective from above to below uh, water. I thought, wow, you know they were they were kind of going for it here. And it's just beautiful under there yeah. with all of the fish and the coral, and she's swimming and she's taking pictures. And then there's a shark that mm-hmm. comes by, pretty decent sized shark. Yeah, that appears to be threatening her, or at least she's ducking away from it. And as she ducks into sort of a nook in the coral, a hand comes out. And we get the underwater zombie. The underwater zombie, which I have never seen before or since, I don't think. Oh, uh, man, it's I mean, so awesome. It, yeah, it is awesome. And this is the scene that uh, that you were, I think that you were, it, it is, right? It is, it's, it's one be. of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so uh, she 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 came up to the surface and, and screamed for help, and then the shark was coming towards her. She goes back down, uh, and like you said, from around this piece of coral or whatever, the this this zombie uh, grabs her, and they struggle for a while. And she eventually is able to break free and, and swims back to the surface, and then. You have the awesome zombie shark battle. Yes! <laughs> zombie shark fight. It's awesome. And, like, this is a real shark. It's clearly a real shark. Yeah, it's obviously yes. a real shark. And I, I read that uh, initially they had cast and hired an actor to play this role, but for some reason, I don't know if he got he sick. He got sick, yeah. I think it was, yeah. He got sick and he was unable to do it, and so they replaced him with the shark trainer. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I didn't know there was such a thing as shark trainers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know you could train sharks. Secondly, why wouldn't you have the shark trainer do it from the beginning? <laughs> right? Out of the world. You know, maybe the scene would have played out differently if the actor had done it. I mean, this scene is really cool because the, the, the guy, the shark trainer, zombie, and the shark are really, they're interacting physically. I mean, yeah. he's latched kind of, onto him and right. he's kind of grabbing him and he's trying to bite at his skin. Mm-hmm. He does. He gets a bite off of the shark at one point. And then the shark comes around and, like, gets a bite of his arm and tears his arm off. Yeah, it's interesting because... Well, the guy's name, I looked it up, is Ramon Bravo. 
Now, if you're going to be a shark trainer, yeah, absolutely. Ramon Bravo is the name to have. And apparently, he does. He's done. I mean, he's kind of a shark guy. Like the other movies he's been in were documentaries about sharks, or other movies that featured killer sharks or something. So I guess he knows what he's doing. He clearly knew what he yeah. was doing. I mean, he had to. Have. I mean, that, that had to be high risk. He had to have, you know, had pretty extensive experience with sharks to be able to do that. Now, to be fair, you know, we've seen video of real shark attacks, and they're pretty frenzied. I mean, this was, you know, he was obviously taking care and, and not trying to hurt this animal. And, yeah. Um, but it was well choreographed and just oh, yeah. so different. I, I've never seen... I've never seen that kind of interaction with a shark in a fictional movie. You know, like, documentaries are one thing, but from an actor's perspective, and and uh, I was impressed. Plus, just freaking cool. <laughs> Zombies versus sharks. I mean, I'm surprised sci-fi hasn't rolled out a whole movie series of those yet. I know. Well, <clears throat> I'd like to know what the conversation was like when they're reading the script and going, um, I see you wrote in a zombie shark battle. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all right, cool. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll give it a go. <laughs> it was it was good. It was good. And and I mean an underwater zombie, the whole thing is just fantastic and you can almost turn the movie off right there and just be totally satisfied. Right. Because if Fulci does does anything right, it's he delivers where it counts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean it's it's worth seeing the movie just for that. Now like I said, really overall, it's fairly st- typical fare yeah. uh, for zombie films. That's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I mean, if you're a fan of zombie films, this is old school. And if you like that old school stuff, watch this. I mean, it's 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 good. I, I wasn't expecting very much. Yeah. You know, zombie films in, in general tend to follow the same kind of tropes. And it's kind of, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I don't still watch them, but... You, um, have to, you have to really go out there to find one with an interesting enough twist that, that makes it stand out and be unique. Yeah, and, and the shark scene is that yeah. for this. I mean, that's, that's, that's about it as far as <laughs> unique stuff goes. But as an old school zombie movie, it's a good one. Yeah. And, and, and from this point on, it does get a little boring, I think. Uh, it doesn't move very fast, right? It's got kind of a slow build throughout. I was noticing that. I mean, you've got that initial uh, zombie attack in New York, and then you see the zombie kind of start to come alive. But then it's kind of, it's really a half an hour. Mm-hmm. In an hour and a half film, it's a half an hour before they get to the island. And then even when they get to the island, it starts off pretty slow. I mean, you get some zombie shots, but it's individual zombies. They, you know, people are scared of them, but... It doesn't seem to really be all that much of a threat yet. Yeah. Um, And and it's not really until the final act that things really pick Pick up. Pick up, exactly. Yeah, it's not an action-packed thing. Uh, In many ways, it is kind of like the Giallo pick we watched the other day, where it's a lot of like walking around, investigating, talking, and things, and then something sudden happens, and when it does, it's pretty intense and brutal. Right. Their boat, I guess the shark hits their boat and damages Mm -hmm. it, so they're forced to land in the island, and thankfully... There is an island right there, and it happens to be Majul, right? <laughs> Matul. A Matul, yes. I forgot it already. It happens to be Matul, and uh, we're introduced to Dr. David Maynard, and uh, a woman, I guess, is his wife. We don't really know. I don't think we ever got her name. Do no, we? we don't. But he does say my wife, so it was oh, his that's wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's pretty freaked out, and we don't really know exactly why. But freaked she's... out and pissed off. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll be at the hospital. <laughs> Hospital. You still see yourself as the scientist you once were, don't you? Well, you're, you're not. 
You're no better than one of their witch doctors. Just stop it! My research is... Research? <laughs> you call fooling around with superstitions and voodoo rites research? You know perfectly well that the work I'm doing is very important. I... And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. I don't give a damn. I don't want to stay on this island one more hour. You won't be happy until I meet one of your zombies. And then he leaves and uh, leaves her home alone. They've got this really nice pad on the on the <laughs> island. <laughs> he leaves her there and he tells the groundskeeper, keep an eye out. Don't let anybody onto the property or whatever. And the then most he worthless groundskeeper ever. Right. <laughs> the, the groundskeeper's like, oh, si, senor, no one will come here. And then, <laughs> and then a little bit more happens. But then when we come back to uh, the house, the groundskeeper's like sitting on the porch and he hears a noise and he's up and out of there. <laughs> like, oh, never mind. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <clears throat> and that's when we get the shower scene. The shower scene. Uh, and, of course, long, lingering shower scene and uh, a hand ominously. Again, a really nice moment, I thought, yeah. where the hand ominously comes up into frame on the window. It was kind of genuinely spooky. You mm-hmm. knew it was coming because you... Uh, Every once in a while, it's not often, but every once in a while they'll do POV shots from the point of view of the zombies. And this was one of them. So you kind of see, you know, it's kind of like a peeping Tom perspective. Uh, you see you're, you're watching her shower from outside this window. And then very slowly from the bottom of the frame comes this zombie hand. And it's, it's, it's spooky. It is. <clears throat> I like that moment. And, and then we get to the scene that I, the other scene that I thought is pretty notorious from this film. And that is when the zombie comes in towards her. She ends up holding herself into a closet, essentially, or some other room. And it's one of those doors that has wooden slats Slats. across Mm -hmm. it. So she uh, is trying to push something up against the door. In the meanwhile, on the other side, the zombie's breaking through the slats and they're poking out sharply at her. And one of them grabs her hair and slowly pulls it towards her. She's sort of helpless against it and slowly pulls her eye onto a nice sharp uh, splinter Mm -hmm. of wood jutting out. And it's it's pretty gruesome. It is gross and intense. Uh, and like we were saying the other the other week, I think it was even last week, dealing with the eyes yeah. and the mouth Ugh. and stuff. It's kind of gross. Snaps yeah, you know, it off in her head. Yeah, I, I liked that shot too. But this would be one of my criticisms of the movie. Now it's a, it's a zombie movie, so you learn to just let things go. But there was so much irrational behavior from the characters, and there yeah. always is in horror. But you know, times when. <laughs> the zombies are approaching, and again, these are slow-walking zombies, and the living characters will just stand there frozen in horror, <laughs> just waiting for these super slow zombies to approach and and, and, and get them, which they usually do. Um, and this scene, it was a great visual. I know exactly why they did it. You know, they wanted this effect. But it didn't make any sense. No, it absolutely didn't. <laughs> she's she's trying to keep this zombie out. You know, first she's kind of leaning against the door. She she the zombie has his fingers in the door, and she finally gets it shut, and the the fingers fall off. And then, like you said, it starts coming through the slats. And so what she does is she goes to this dresser, which is below waist level, and she starts pushing it up against the door. Mm-hmm. Now he, the zombie's obviously coming through the top part of the door. It's not like, going to help her. No, I don't know what she thinks is going to help. And <laughs> And then when the zombie and then she gets it up against there and then she just stands there right against the door where the zombie's on the other side so when it busts through it's able to grab her hair and it slowly 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 pulls her eyeball onto this broken stick never once does she attempt to do anything with her hands yeah 
<laughs> yeah, she's not knack- knocking his arm away. No, not, not knocking the spike thing away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get it. They wanted the effect. It was a good effect. <laughs> it was a good zombie kill. So you let it go. But s- several times throughout, uh, that was the case. You know, people would meet their demise because they would just stand there uh, not defending themselves in any way. And I think a lot of that has to do with, I, I think Fulci is way more interested in the slow gross out. Yeah. You know, he could have yanked her uh, her eye right onto that. It would have been pretty intense and whatnot, but he wanted us to see that. Uh, oh, there's yeah. even a POV shot as though that uh, yeah. spike is coming towards us. Yeah. And, and uh, you're right. It's super artificial. It makes for great visuals, but it, it doesn't it does. make a lot I of sense. I mean, and it, it is super gross. You know, the, the splinter like punctures her eye and it pops and like all this liquid oozing comes out. out it's a good effect it's a good effect <laughs> <clears throat> meanwhile uh the rest of the crew is uh out uh talking to dr david maynard and they're learning about what's happening and essentially i guess people are coming down with some mysterious illness on the island but then after they die shortly thereafter they wake up as zombies and so he has been systematically shooting people in the head after they die and they have a mass grave that they've been burying outside, which is kind of a shocking scene, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got this setup uh, in an old church that's serving as a makeshift hospital. He's trying to treat these people with transfusions. They don't go much into what he's trying to do. No. <clears throat> um, there's one scene where he draws his own blood and puts it on a microscope and looks at it, but we don't know what he's looking at or yeah. for. He's trying to give transfusions to the people who are infected, but we just know that. You know, we don't know what the purpose is or what the intended result is, but he's failing. Uh, I mean, nothing's working. And not only is it people getting sick and, and reanimated, but also then when zombies kill somebody then they're immediately infected and immediately come back too. And and the natives... Well, this was kind of confusing to yeah. me. Like, the natives thought that it was the result of voodoo that was causing this, but then they were also trying to perform voodoo to make it stop? It was an odd thing, and it's never explained in the film. He is continually asking... I think his name is Lucas. Yeah. His, um Sort of his native assistant. assistant. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's a village on the other side of the island as well, because they talk about that village being kind of overrun. And then when it turns out a zombie is spotted in their village, he starts to freak out and wants them to check on his wife and stuff. But it seems, and this is just my idea, would be that if people are dying, they're performing these voodoo rites to prevent the illness or to, to make them well. But those rites are having the un intended or somewhat side effect of bringing them back to life. Hmm. That was my only guess. And the only thing that would have made this movie a little bit better in my eyes is if that were a lot clearer. And if we even saw some scenes of the voodoo rites or we had some idea of the purpose behind it. But as it is, all we hear are drums. Right. We never even really see the natives except for the couple of native characters. And there's only a couple. I mean, most, I don't know where they filmed this, but it seemed, (laughs) it seemed pretty deserted. It seemed like they kind of had a little dessert and it could have, you know, it could have been staged. I don't know. Um, But this little uh, deserted village. Um, And, and they keep talking about the natives and the natives are, are converging in the center of the island to do these rituals. But we never see see them and we never see that we you know we hear drum beats we hear like tribal wailing and and stuff like that um but we never see it i think if they remade this movie they would probably play that up a lot more yeah and it would be interesting if they did because doesn't the whole lore of zombies it comes from voodoo tradition right it does yeah um there i mean there are still practicing 
there are people who still practice voodoo today. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've read stories. I can't account for the, you know, the truthfulness of them. But, you know, their culture believes in, in zombies and, and reanimation. If I remember what I've read correctly, the zombies in the voodoo tradition are not actually dead. They're just uh, taken over by Correct. somebody it's, else. It's kind of a mixture of drugs and belief. And, yeah. and it's a truth. I mean, did you ever see The Serpent and the Rainbow? I did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that tells a pretty good story. Another Wes Craven film of generally what what it happens and that is that there is a kind of drug uh through this ritual uh, that people are given and it's a psychotropic type drug but that commingles with the actual person's belief in the effect of the voodoo turning them to a zombie and what ends up happening is these people will go into sort of a suspended animation. You know, kind of a, the drug will induce a state where their heartbeat is so slow that it's un, and low that it's mm-hmm. undetectable. And so they'll get buried. And then the person who did that to them will then, you know, that night go back, take them out. And then that person becomes sort of their slave, essentially. Yeah. It's weird to think that it actually happens, but apparently it's because of that person. It's just a psychological thing. They believe they're a zombie now because they believe in the magic. They've been pulled out of the ground and they're with this guy, so that's how they act. That's uh, wild. It's crazy ridiculous. <laughs> now, this movie's nothing like no. that, of course. <laughs> but at least it kind of, you know, it kind of tries to connect to the lore, I guess, a little bit. It doesn't explore it very much. but it, And that's, you know, when I read about this, it was always just intended. You know, I think that some of the titles that were thrown around were like Island of the Zombies or, mm-hmm. or something like that. It, I mean, it was just intended to be zombies on an island movie. Uh, and, and that's what it is. And I think Island, the Island of Dr. Moreau, that story was an inspiration for the screenwriter, uh, screenwriter oh, really? of this, actually, yeah, it's funny because I was I was kind of thinking that it, w- it it felt like it, minus all the weird animal stuff, but uh, because of the tropical location and because of the scientists like experimenting with life and death and those types of things, as we were watching it, I I was thinking in my head, it feels like a cross between Night of the Living Dead and the Island of Doctor yeah. Morrow, except we never get to see the evil doctor really, you know. <laughs> well, right, yeah. I mean, they talk about this witch doctor. The doctor I was talking about is our oh, yeah. our, our main guy. I they know they do about. talk about how there's like this witch doctor. But we never, I mean, he's just casually mentioned. Yeah, we we never never see him him at all, much like the other natives. At the behest of the Dr. Maynard, the rest of them drive down the way to check on his wife. Peter, Anne, Susan, and Brian. That's right, that's right. And they find uh, her in a pretty, actually that's a pretty gross, uh, cool scene as well, where half of her body is gone, but she's still laying there, and there are four or five zombies munching on her. Mm -hmm. It actually made me think of... uh, I don't know if you've ever played Resident Evil, no. the, the game. When I was in college, we used to play uh, Resident Evil, and this was the kind of scene that you would see in Resident Evil, where you would turn the corner, and suddenly in front of you is a half-eaten corpse and four or five zombies uh-huh. just slowly munching on her, <laughs> kind of really into eating. Let's put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. They don't really notice you until you get up close to them. Uh, and they get that's another one of those moments where they the, all four of them come around the corner and see this happening, you know, four or five undead zombies eating the gruesome remains of this corpse and they just stand there and watch for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And they back out and there're two more zombies in the hallway and they sort of slowly or link, stumbling towards them, so slowly, in fact, that they could have easily just knocked them out of the way. and, and just slipped going. by. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <clears throat> but uh, they pull some stuff off the wall and hit them and run off. And, of course, uh, they're driving their car down the road to try to get away and back to the doctor in the hospital. 
and they hit a zombie in the middle of the road. It goes off the road, and now their car's broken down. Right. It's a funny scene because this zombie walks out in front of the Jeep. Brian is driving, and he hits the zombie, and it flies off to the other side of the road. And it makes no sense why they crash. Like, they hit the zombie, the zombie flies off, it seems like everything's fine, and then, ah! And they turn to the left. <laughs> he veers to the left, and they go off, and it's the slowest crash scene ever. Like, they're just kind of slowly tooling through this forest until finally they kind of bump, bump. Yeah, bump the bumper into a tree, and um, Peter in the backyard, like, backyard, back seat, kind of like flails, like, ah! And uh, apparently his, his ankle gets injured. <laughs> I don't know how that could have possibly happened. Maybe you got um, caught under the seat or something. I and guess. They weren't wearing seatbelts. That right. was the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> well, but, so then they have to walk. And that gives them a good excuse to walk a little slowly. Right. <laughs> Maybe a little too slowly at times. Which makes sense, because if they could run, they could get out of there <laughs> super easy. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> So they're going along, and they uh, Peter asked to stop for a moment because his, his uh, ankle is sore. And so they sit down. Susan and Brian say, well, we're going to go on a little up ahead and check things out. And like you mentioned, they go about six feet. Yeah. <laughs> Like around the corner, not even. Not I mean, even. they walk. I mean, they've got to still be within sight line. I mean, it's, it's they totally are. You can see through a tree, and there's the other couple. But they then they stop there, and he kicks something on the ground and picks it up, and it turns out to be a conquistador a helmet. And they look around, and there's some graves. Conveniently, mm-hmm. they're right there, and he surmises, "Well, we must be on an old graveyard of the conquistadors." And uh, meanwhile. <laughs> Six feet in the other direction. And this was a hilarious scene, I thought. Peter and Anne, which, again, maybe looked a lot better on paper than it played out in real life. I'm sorry I dragged you into all this. It's my father we came looking for. You know, when we get back to New York... Uh, You don't have to say anything now. It's just... I'm so scared we're not going to make it off this island. He just turns over on top of her and they start making out. In the most <laughs> awkward kiss ever. Did you see that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where somebody who's never, like a 13-year-old boy who's never kissed a girl before. <laughs> like, he opens his mouth wide like he's going to try to eat her face and just like plants it over the top of her mouth. It was hilarious. Not sexy at, at all. No. <laughs> and it really came out of nowhere. I don't think you ever really got the sense that the two of them were romantically interested there just was no time, really, no. with the two of them. There's too much going on and too much that they're doing. Right. They they meet early on in the movie, and then they're instantly like a couple. Yeah. There's there's no development <laughs> there at all. But uh, it's a cool moment, though, I still think. Yeah. When the, and this is, again, another thing you don't see in enough modern zombie movies, yeah. is the zombies actually coming out of the grave. Right. Right, and so there's all this crusty awesomeness of these hands that look really made up that are coming out of the dirt, and they grab her hair, and another hand comes up and grabs his ankle, and then we cut away from them to the other two, again six feet away, mm-hmm. and what? Oh, there's kind of a scream, and so so Brian jumps up and walks over, and the girl uh, Susan just sits there, suddenly terrified because she hears things happening around her. Doesn't make any motion to move. Doesn't follow him, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. No. Slowly watches the zombie rise. It must take a full two minutes. For oh my zombie. gosh! Yeah. And it's an awesome scene. It's yeah. 
If you see the jacket cover of the, this is enough. You know, when I was a kid, this is a movie I always wanted to see, and I never, and I never rented. You know, was that crusty zombie with the worms coming uh, out of his eyes and, and the snaggly teeth, and he's slowly coming up out of the ground, and then he slowly stands, and she's just standing there staring at it. Yeah, and then he just plop, plops forward onto her and. Uh, Bites a big chunk of her neck out. Yeah, there goes the jugular. Right, which we get several of those shots, and you know that that bright red blood that was so popular <laughs> at, at the time. And there were some instances in this movie where I actually thought the blood looked real, but mm. this was not one of them. Um, it's like red paint. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's very bright and colorful, and uh, it's really gushing out of there too. Yeah, yeah. Again, like you said, I mean, she just sits there. She doesn't scream. She doesn't... I I guess what we're supposed to believe is that she's so terrified that she's just completely frozen. (laughs) But again, I mean, like you said, it takes a good minute and a half for this zombie to... I mean, it it starts with his hand coming out. And then he slowly, slowly comes all the way out and stands up. And meanwhile, she's there the whole time. Yeah, Fulci is definitely way more interested in the visuals that he is uh, invoking. Realism. Rather than any sense of realism whatsoever. And uh, the other three pop back over and see this. We really don't see how they got out of their scrape. No. We don't hear a gunshot mm-hmm. or anything like that. But they're almost like nothing happened. They come back over and discover her. Of course, Brian is beside himself. Right. But they all say, hey, we need to keep moving. We, there's nothing you can do for her. So they continue on, and they eventually make it back to the hospital. Yeah, they walk out of frame, and you see, as soon as they walk out of frame, you see the other zombies in the cemetery starting to rise. Oh, that's and again, right. It's really slow, but it's cool. I mean, it's... That's that it's, big moment. Yeah, it's... Right, and this is really when the last act kicks in, and the action kind of picks up. And it was very reminiscent uh, to me. The style is very different, but very reminiscent of... Thriller. Yes, exactly. Um, what I was when say. the you know everybody's rising out of their graves again, you have to totally suspend your disbelief because these people were buried under a centimeter of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, like they literally just kind of do a sit up <laughs> and they're out of their grave. Um, but it is a cool scene. I mean, you see, there's kind of in in the center of the frame. There's one coming out, and then. From from further back in the frame, you see one coming out of the forest, and then another one pops up in front of the frame. It's really neat layering, and you get to see, you know, that now there's going to be a multitude. There's going to be a zombie horde, and there is from that point on. Um, they keep uh, they're they're trying to get back to the hospital on foot, and they keep their you know obviously they're going slow. Uh, again, at one point, he the the guy with the broken ankle says, I, I have to stop. And so they stop, and you see the zombies kind of coming out of the trees behind them, but super slowly. And they're like, well, no, we, we have to go, we have to go. But it's so easy to outrun them. I mean, these are the, <laughs> these it's it's so reminiscent of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, you know these slow, slow walking zombies. The Walking Dead zombies go much, much faster than this, right? Yeah. And well, and then you talk about you know like twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later, when they're tearing the, across. Right, right. No, yeah. this is the old school uh, slow walking zombie. So they do get back to the hospital, and the doctor's there. He's uh, just uh, covered the eyes of another victim, basically, and. And they bang on the door to let them in, and they get in, and and so they barricade the door, and they're inside deciding how they're going to defend themselves. One guy 
uh, is running around. It's it's a uh, Brian. He's running around closing all the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, zombies are starting to come in the windows, but he's hitting them with stuff and knocking them in. They go in the back and start to fill up Molotov cocktails with mm-hmm. kerosene. It's interesting because I don't know if they were planning on burning the barn down around them or if they were thinking they were going to chuck them outside, but the zombies got to them first. It was right. an odd choice of weapon. When you're stuck inside a yeah, wooden building. I was thinking that too. I was like, man, I hope there's a back door. <laughs> because the, the zombies, you know, and and somehow a few individual zombies have gotten in and they... Well, I think it's the, the dead corpses inside there had come to life, which, yeah. Yeah, this bothered me though because <laughs> every time that we've seen the corpses in there up to this point... They've all been shot in the head. I mean, he's been shooting all these corpses in the head. He knows they're going to come back to life. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe he didn't shoot a few of them in the head because they start waking up. Like right now when when he really needs to be doing his due diligence, suddenly he's forgotten. Right. Yeah. And so so there's a few of them inside and there's, you know, a few little individual battles and the doctor gets attacked and killed. His native assistant uh, gets gets killed. killed. Um, The the one girl... Susan gets killed. No, well, there's another un- unbelievable scene where Susan just stands there frozen. I'm sorry, not Susan. Not Susan, right, Anne. 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 Susan's already dead. She That's died right. back That's in the right. forest. Um, but right, Anne is confronted by <laughs> a zombie, and she just stands there, like, waiting for somebody to help her, which somebody does. One the, of the guys shoots the zombie. The doctor is a female assistant we didn't even bring up, and she's Because she's the- hardly even worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. <laughs> Because she reminded me like of an extra in a soap opera or yes. a porno. <laughs> like she's just there to like hand people things and say, thank you, doctor. <laughs> she reminded me of Mary of Marianne in Gilligan's Island. Yeah. She had that same look, uh-huh. uh, but nobody's really that interested in her. No, she's totally insignificant, really. Does she get she gets killed, doesn't she? She, she does, does get killed at some point. I'm trying to remember how or what or when. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah. Gets her. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it's it's Lucas, I think, the dead Lucas who comes oh, right. over and, and kills right, her. Right. There's some great effects in there, though. I mean, when Lucas gets his arm bitten out, there is just a nice chunk taken yeah. out of his arm, and it is disgusting. Yeah. Um, they're bashing the zombies over the head as they're coming in. I mean, this is what I mean when I say Fulci does not delivers. He delivers where it counts. And that is if you came here wanting to see a bunch of blood and gore and zombies getting beat up and cool looking zombies getting beat mm-hmm. up, uh, you've come to the right place. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this is the point at which uh, it all comes to a head. All this stuff happens. They end up, and more walking zombies on fire. Yeah. Once they're, yeah, arm they're, they're burns throwing, off. Yeah, they're throwing these, you know, homemade uh, kerosene bombs, and it's it's not really slowing the zombies down, but uh, the building kind of starts to come down on top of the zombies. And gosh, I don't even remember. They get out somehow. They just, it's like you said, they slip out the back door. <laughs> yeah, slip out the back door, let's get to the boat. And then Brian comes across Susan, mm-hmm. undead. Reanimated. And another one of those ridiculous moments where he just stands there and stares at her. Uh-huh. And they're all like, shoot her, shoot her, shoot her. And she just walks right up and takes a chunk out of his arm. Mm. Then suddenly he's up against the, the tree going, all right, shoot her, shoot yeah. her. <laughs> and they do. But it's a way to get it down to basically three people. Right. Uh, with We know Brian is mortally wounded. Of course. Um, so they make it to the boat. And 
Again, I thought the boat was sinking. Not, was, yeah, <laughs> the whole reason they're on the island is because they needed to repair the boat because the shark cracked it. But I, I mean, guess it's all right. I don't know. Maybe some of the natives went and helped repair it. But it's only been maybe was, this is day two, right, of the whole ordeal. Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. uh, not they've even twenty four hours have right. passed. Really? Yeah, they've been there one night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, their boat, I guess, is working again, and so they sail off. But David says, uh, don't let anything, you know, don't let me become one of them. Yeah, get me home, save me. So instead of when he starts to pass out and he's obviously dead, instead of shooting him in the head... Or throwing him overboard. Yeah. They something. just lock him downstairs and... What do we do now? Lock him in the bilge, take him back with us to the States. Someone there might be able to do something. But we can't risk it. You know what he might turn into. Well, I'll make sure that he's safe. We've got to take him back with us. He's the only proof we've got that this all happened. And we will need proof, unfortunately. Otherwise, they'll just think that we're crazy. I don't care. I feel dead myself. But then, that's immediately when they say, let's try to find something cheery on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they uh, they turn on. So Peter takes him down and locks him in the hold or something. And um, they come up and they're listening to the radio. And that's where they get the report from New York. That New York has been, um, or is being taken over by zombies. Um, and they just kind of look at each other like, oh no. Uh, and then from downstairs in the boat, we hear Brian, who is now a zombie, kind of banging on the door. And then it cuts to New York City, the Brooklyn Bridge, and we just see tons and tons of zombies walking uh, along the walkways of the Brooklyn Bridge. Meanwhile, traffic is flowing as as normal, um, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny, uh, but I I looked it up and it said it was just budgetary, you know, they couldn't afford to shut down the bridge, so... um, uh, and that's 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 it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, that's it, the end. It's a bleak ending, which is very in keeping with the, all the Night of the Living Dead movies. Oh yeah, so that was good, right? And like I said, I really felt like it really kind of tied it to that series. It mm-hmm. felt like maybe it felt more like a cousin than a brother or sister. Yeah. But if you wanted to try to put it into a continuum, you could imagine that what was happening with them on the island was happening concurrently with an outbreak in the states too. So yeah. uh, I thought I thought the connection was fine. Yeah. I felt like this movie, if it had been an hour long instead of an hour and a half, if you had cut out a lot of the plotting along, a lot of the explanation that was unsatisfying anyway, Uh because you never really got a total explanation. And it's not like you have to have an explanation, but when the whole movie seems to be about figuring it out, and they talk about it so much, and the doctor's investigating, and they're talking about the voodoo, you expect a little bit of resolution, you Mm -hmm. know, in that regard, or at least some better hints than we ended up getting. Yeah. I mean, the Night of the Living Dead movies make a real big point of not really giving you an explanation. There's like radiation or something and that's about it. Well, in the first one, there's really no explanation for it. Like the original, the original George Romero, um, there's there's really no explanation. You're right. I guess you're right. The radiation's just a theory, isn't it? I guess. Um, It's been so long. I mean, I've seen that one several times. I've seen the remake with Tony Todd um, and I've seen a lot of the sequels, but I don't Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember that well. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. I think it was a theory. At some point, it seems like uh, Romero's making some allusions or, or trying to say something about you know the atomic age or yeah, atomic yeah. weapons. But yeah, there's never a really solid explanation, and the movie's not concerned with giving you that. Right. This movie, unfortunately, seems to be somewhat concerned with giving you that, but it doesn't. Right. You know? so, I agree. 
yeah, just take that stuff out and give us more shark versus zombie battles. Yeah. You know, maybe give us give us the the voodoo priest. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's something I would have liked to have seen. But you know, generally speaking, I liked it, and frankly, I didn't expect to. Really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Really? You know, the, the why not? I don't know. Well, first of all, the like I the zombie niche of the of the genre is is really not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch them, but. Especially with, I'm not a Walking Dead fan. You know, I hear that's great. I hear the quality's great. The storytelling's great. But it just seems like the more contemporary ones that I've seen, it's just, you know, get tons of zombies and gross out. You know, it's it's not, there's not much more to it than that. It's not to say I won't watch them. It's not to say that I don't appreciate it. But um, I actually liked this movie more than I have liked some of the more modern versions. Because I feel like, I, I don't know if it was paying homage to George Romero, but it felt very much a part of that universe, and I prefer those older ones mm-hmm. to the newer ones. And so I liked I liked this. Well, it's more atmospheric. And yeah. again, I think having it on a tropical island, it's a little mm-hmm. exotic. The zombies themselves are crusty and old. They actually feel like they've come out of the ground. And uh, they're the slow and plodding zombies that you'd imagine, you know, dead people being. It all works in that world, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, is an appealing one to be in, maybe more so than... The twenty-eight days later, running, yeah. uh, f- freaking, freaking out, zombie. Well, and see, I, I people. maybe, maybe you've seen it. I don't know. It was one of the Romero sequels, I think. But w- I think it was City of the Dead, maybe, and it had Land of the Dead, maybe, maybe Land of the Dead, uh-huh. where it was like Dennis Hopper. Yes. Yeah, Land of the Dead. <clears throat> and that one, you know, I only saw it once, and I just didn't like it. It just, I don't know. It just seemed like all they were concerned about was the violence, the gore, and the effects, and everything else was secondary. And it just didn't really, I, I mm. didn't really care for it. This even though there are certainly plot holes there's not a lot of character development there's not a lot of exposition i don't know i i i guess it's just preference that's all it is i just like this style better well romero always seems to be making some kind of social statement with every movie that he does sometimes it's successful sometimes it's not sometimes it beats you over the head a little bit Mm -hmm. especially later on this movie makes no social statement it's just pure popcorn and that is fun yeah yeah i mean it feels like a drive-in movie Mm -hmm. um you uh, texted me with this uh, suggestion, and I was glad, because last week when we watched Excision, I- I'm not saying it's some kind of like uh, intellectual masterpiece or anything, but it, it kind of stuck with me and was bothering me for a while, and I wanted something light, something that wasn't going to keep me up thinking about issues and, you know, uh, psych- you know psychological trauma. And and I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad that you picked this one because it, it was fun. It's just a fun movie. I'm glad this <clears throat> delivered for you. Me too. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Like our page on Facebook. Share that as well. Leave us a comment on our website. Uh, we're, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Two Guys in a Chainsaw.